Welcome to We Fish ASA, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. My name is Steve Surley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We Fish ASA is always pleased to offer you conversation with the most interesting, the most informative, the most entertaining, as well as some of the biggest names in the world of fishing. We Fish ASA is brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association, in particular St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They sure do. Daiwa Reels. We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our one-hour podcast each and every week. It's available 24-7 wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to check out our website, wefishasa.com. We Fish ASA is produced by our executive producer, Mr. Brad Nearman from Berserk Productions in Land Lakes, Florida. Hey, Bradley, thanks for everything. On today's show, we welcome from St. Croix, Dan Johnston. Dave's going to visit with the one and only Mr. Crappie, Wally Marshall. Wally's uh, staging the $300,000 Crappie Classic Invitational and Crappie Expo in October. Dave will talk to Wally about that. I get to visit with the Bassmaster Angler of the Year, one of my favorites, a truly nice guy and a great fisherman. He is Brandon Polnick. Yeah, definitely looking forward to a visit with Brandon Polnick. But first, let me turn it over to Dave Kranz, who's going to bring on Dan Johnston. Take it away, David. As Steve said, I am Dave Kranz. This is the We Fish ASA podcast, and this segment is brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back, Dan Johnston. Hey, Dave. Thanks, as always, for having me. Oh, no problem. I know uh, you also, uh, as well as like the bass fish and walleye, you like the crappie fish. And today we're going to talk about some uh, crappie techniques and everything that goes along with it. Uh, the line, the uh, baits, the uh, you know live bait, artificial, the rods. Let's, let's give them what we can in the short time that we have. First of all, I'd correct you. I don't like it. I love it. <laughs> and and secondly, we'd probably have to do four or five episodes, honestly, on if we're getting debates and lines and techniques. And we could certainly talk about techniques today because, uh, boy, has it changed. I, arguably, as much as any species out there, crappie has evolved so much, especially forward-facing sonar. Um, it's just completely turned the world upside down. But there's a lot of other really cool ways to catch them way beyond throwing out a minnow under a slip bobber. Absolutely. So let's talk about some of those techniques and uh, some of your favorite ways to, to catch them. Yeah, you know, just my favorite way to catch them is to shoot them under boat docks. It's just totally addicting. Um, I've been covered up with that, to be honest with you, for I got taught, God rest his soul, to a guy that's with our Lord now a few years ago. But um, it, it's it's just in, encompassing. It's amazing. It's fun. I've got videos out there on it. Uh, there's a Lake Ozark stock shooting show I did. People can find that on YouTube just to get a taste of what it's like. And it's absolutely a riot. It's Navy SEAL shooting a jig under spots where they just don't get bugged and you know but beyond that obviously our springtime spawning things great you know all the things that we could talk about 20 years ago are still red hot you know the pitch and swing shallow jig slip bobber all those things but the two big things one of them's been around for a while but it's really getting advanced spider rigging and then secondly is this long rod forward facing sonar deal which really started a couple of years ago that's by far the hottest trend in crappie right now all over the place it's extremely extremely effective one thing about crappie and this is just my opinion 
because I do a lot of both on bass and crappie. Crappie don't move on forward facing. You don't bump them. They don't run from it. They just sit there. And it's, it's, it's unbelievable how effective it is. Almost too effective, um, in my personal opinion, but, um, it, it's something that's really come to fruition. So people are using long, long rods. So you can get that. We talked about this a million times, that angle of attack on the line to keep that jig more horizontal instead of dropping vertical because they're in an ascending feeder and then they're using forward facing to run them down and catch them. And it, that's something that's really changed crappie fishing for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Are some of the, uh, uh, long rods being used not to cast, but to just drop it in front of them? So that's the whole point. Yeah. Uh, you're hardly casting them at all. I mean, it's more of a pitch. You get a rod that's 13, 14 foot long and you pitch it out there, you're, then you're out there 20. Then you put the tip up in the air just a little bit. You don't hold it way up um, like you would for a lot of things, but it's kind of a little, I'd say probably a little below a 45 to mm -hmm. let that kind of swing back. But then you can also hold it right level and dead stick right over the top of them. And then you're pretty much playing lift and hold just like we would ice fishing if we're sitting on top of them. And it's incredibly effective. Absolutely. And uh, uh, what type of bait do you normally use for that? Yeah, you know, it really depends on the area. You know, crappie are incredibly uh, color specific. I mean, there's some certain things about black and chartreuse and off-colored water and, you know, matching the hatch in clear water. And then you've obviously got your chartreuses and pinks and things that have caught them for decades. But it does vary by region. There's no doubt. I know parts in the south, they use a lot of blues and, um, you know, and silvers and things. And it, it's, it's regionally specific to a degree. But the big key is the right type of jig. And there's a lot of people using like more of a feather style jig because they're so realistic when you hold them dead still um, but then your plastics still work real well too but they're doing more of that than they are the paddle tail type thing with forward facing uh fishing it's more of a jig that just looks awesome when it's dead still yeah and you say the forward facing and a lot of the crappie guys will say they taught the bass guys how to use it because they were using it before even the bass guys well, personally, I got better on crappie with forward facing before I did on bass, and I still have a long way to go with it, but I got really effective with crappie quickly because, again, they don't run from it, and I could really see their attitude, and I did it a lot down at Lake of the Ozarks because for whatever reason down there last year, they weren't, the big ones weren't under the docks like they normally are compared to the way they were pulled out suspended over creek channels, and it just was what it was. It was a real strange anomaly, but I used forward facing more than I did dock shooting last fall down there and it was just i mean it, it, it was unbelievable yeah it, it seems like across the country the the size of the crappies uh we must have had some really good spawns over the last three to five years because the size of the crappies have gotten bigger and bigger even here in northern illinois and southeast wisconsin and uh, the mississippi river guys I mean, there's a lot of 12 to 14 inch fish now there's no doubt, but they are cyclical. I mean, there's there's lakes that you'll get 13, 14s, and then, you know, then they'll dive down to 11 and 12, which are still good ones, but they're cyclical. But yeah, they've gotten bigger. I, you know, I'd say that, and I don't think it's necessarily a catch and release thing. Like the musky guys will swear there's so many 50 inch plus fish caught now because catch and release on, on musky is just, you know, um, universal across the board with all anglers. But with crappie, they're amazing to eat, and there's pretty liberal limits on them. Keep 15 of them down the lake you know and there's other lakes that are more than that so you know it's it's one of those things where they're very prolific they're a great feeder they school up they they definitely know how to hunt one thing about crappie that i would say as much as anything is the two things we really got to figure out is their seasonal movements and then how they feed and i think what i mean by how they feed is that getting above them 
They're in ascending fear. Understanding how they take a bait is just absolutely critical. And then obviously your water temperature determines how much they're going to chase it. But they're, they're an awesome fish. I, I would recommend every single listener out there to get into crappie fishing because it's a type of deal that if you figure it out, you can just go out and catch a ton of them and they're a blast. And the hit is as good as a thump on a bass. I mean, they flat out thump it. And that's what's so fun about it. Yeah, um, and and it's not really that hard of fishing, ex- especially certain times of the year. Uh, in the spring, of course, you're you're doing the spawning game. But uh, are they ever that far from the food source? Um, no, I would say no, other than the spawning time, no. I mean, their food they're very light sensitive, though. And I one thing crappie fishing did for me on the bass side that helped me was understanding shade lines. And that's a lot of things. That can be the backside of a brush pile. If the sun's on the other side of it underwater, it can be a bluff wall, how that shade line creeps in and out. It can be a dock that's great on one side versus the other, depending on where the sun is. They're very light sensitive, um, which is important to understand. But I will tell you this. I'll correct you a little bit on what you said because they can whoop you. One thing about crappies is when they shut down, they shut down. I've had times for two or three hours, it's hard to even get a bite. And every crappie angler out there knows exactly what I'm talking about. And there's other days there's around with their mouths open everybody thinks they're easy to catch all the time but there's times they can be really tough where you can see them on sonar and you can see them follow you up and meet your bait and they will not bite it yep yep and i think that's all fish species can be um tough at times you you mentioned dock shooting you mentioned uh you know uh, spider rigging you you mentioned uh you know using a long rod to drop it in front of them what other techniques are effective for the listeners yeah, I've done seminars on the jerk bait. That's just such a great way to catch them. You know, pre-spawn, suspending fish when they're not quite up on the flat, but they're just over it at the level of the flat, but out over deep water. The advent of uh, castable lines has made them so accessible because you can throw a little tiny X-wrap or something a mile now and uh, get it down with a light rod. And speaking on behalf of St. Croix, we've made some light spinning rods, specifically the seven foot light extra fast, which is just beyond lethal for that technique. You feel it, you don't get in the jerk baits way, they don't get off, uh, protects light line. I'm talking about really light line, something you can throw a long ways, use the wind right, you know, and things like that. But that jerk bait thing for crappies is something a lot of people don't do. And the bass guys stumble into them by accident and usually leave them. I normally stay right there and catch them. And then you can downsize and catch even more with the different size of jerk baits on the market that's one technique that's really i think underutilized out there uh, you said jerk bait now got the bass guys stumble into them they're using a bass size jerk bait what size do you use when you're specifically targeting the crappies well a crappie will get a face full of a mega bass 110 a 10 incher will they'll mm-hmm. take a jerk bait way bigger than you think they'll eat it but what i find a lot of times is if i get a couple like that and i wear the school out enough i can go down to like a pointer 78 size or uh something about you know three quarters the size of a 110 and start catching them even better um it's just a great size to make them susceptible uh but again it's it's one of those things where the jerk bait is so good for it because the suspending one hangs there and if you fish it in an area where you're slightly above them they'll just come up one by one and start eating that thing you don't want to fish a jerk bait deeper than where you're marking your crappies that's a great tip. Don't fish it deeper than your marketing because, as you always say, they're ascending feeders and you want to target uh, your baits so that they can come up and get it, Not because they, they just won't go down and get it, will they? 
Bluegills do, crappies don't. Now, uh, people will say, wait, wait, wait a second. I've caught them off the bottom. I get that. But they'll chase it down. You can see them on forward facing. They'll chase it down, but then they'll either level out or get below it and come up on it. <laughs> it's just bizarre. <laughs> yeah. 99% of the time, you look at the way they're just angled or they're, they're, they're designed, you know, with their eyes and their mouth and how they sit. You watch them in a tank sitting, they're slightly canted up. They're looking up. They're just they're designed to do that. And, and I think that it's critical for us to understand that when we fish them. If you're marking them at 10, don't drop down below. And a bluegill will go down and dig something out of the mud. And it's a completely different type of uh, strategery. Absolutely. Always good information, Dan, and appreciate it. And look forward to uh, talking to you next week. Hey, Dave, thanks so much. Oh, no problem. That was Dan Johnston. I am Dave Cran, Steve Starley's remote, and this segment was brought to you by St. Croix, the best rods on earth. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. Probably one of the number one questions I get, you know, what line do I use? That's a big debate. For every tour out there, everybody's debating which line. I choose the simple side. My choice of line is Sunline. One of my favorite lines to use is Sunline. How all can you use it? Anywhere you want to. Anywhere there's water and bass, it's good. Walleye, catfish, trout, speckled trout, sharks. There we go. I don't say this unless I think it's true, but honestly, it's the best in the market. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Rule your water. Rule it with a St. Croix rod. Whether you take to the lake, wade the rivers, or cast from shore, St. Croix provides responsive performance, ensuring your success below every surface. With a St. Croix rod in hand, you're a part of a celebrated tradition that has spanned 70 years. Touch, power, and control are right at your fingertips and extend to you the finest fishing experience on the planet. St. Croix, the best rods on earth. Welcome back to the We Fish ASA podcast. I am Dave Cran, Steve Starley is remote, and this segment is brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. I always like to say every guest I get to interview on this segment, they certainly have a passion for the outdoors. My next guest does. He is Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie. Welcome back to the program, Wally. Hey, how y'all doing, man? Oh, doing good, doing good. And boy, we're, you know, we're coming into fall and you got some exciting stuff coming up here, don't you? I tell you what, uh, I never did think we could pull off the first one uh, four years ago, but the Crappie Expo is thriving. We have over 110 vendors and manufacturers there. It's the best place in the world for a person that wants to see all the new crappie fishing products, all the manufacturers get to meet the company owners it is amazing uh, the amount of companies that we have from our industry. And that was my dream five years ago, six years ago, is to have a show. It's the greatest crappie show on earth. I mean, everybody's there that has anything to do with crappie fishing. 
What, Whatever a crappie fisherman uses is at the Crappie Expo. And what an opportunity for uh, people that want to visit to come and learn how to catch crappie. Right. We have seminars daily on electronics and how to catch bigger, better crappie. Uh, we have those seminars. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff going on there at the Crappie Expo with these manufacturers. And we also have the world's largest crappie fry. <laughs> and it's free. And it's free. We feed probably anywhere from 5,000 to 5,500 people in about three and a half hours. Isn't that something? And and they are so tasty and so good. And uh, yeah, that's uh, so. What are the dates of this? Let's we'll we'll give this again October, at the end. October the twentieth through the twenty second at the Branson Convention Center in Branson, Missouri. And you can go to crappieexpo.com to check everything out. And uh, along with this week. We're having the Mr. Crappie $300,000 Invitational Tournament. And so this is 100 of the top teams in America fishing for $300,000 cash. 300000 for a crappie tournament. Who would ever thought that would happen? But it, I think, like you said, it was a dream that you had, and, and it's all come together. And uh, you get to uh, teach people how to uh, catch crappie. You get to supply them with a lunch, and they're so tasty. And then somebody gets to win a lot of money fishing for them. Right. We have a lot of the major dealers in the crappie industry there. We got Grizzly Jigs, we got Baitworks, we got Bud's Tackle, we got PTG Outdoors of Mississippi. We got a lot of dealers. And what's cool about Crappie Expo, see, everybody in the crappie industry is just chomping at the bits for 2023 to get here. And so they're gonna get first time look and get the purchase new items that's going to be new for 2023 and so this is kind of an introduction it's kind of like the iCast show but you get to purchase see that's nice it's like iCast that the dealers get to be at it and you and I were there but the the public can't be there but now they get to come and they get to see these products to get to uh, understand how to use them how to catch crappies and and actually purchase them that that is really uh, a, a good opportunity and uh, I would imagine hotels in that area fill up pretty quick well I'll tell you what Branson has actually Branson draws more people than Disney World a year. Hmm. And there's only like 20,000 people in Branson. <laughs> That's but, but they have plenty of hotels, plenty of shows, a lot to do, a lot of great restaurants. Um, and we're going to open up on Thursday the 20th at noon, and it goes to 7 o'clock. And then on Friday, we open at 10, go to 7. Then Saturday, we open at 9 and go to 6. And each day, we have a concert. We got somebody playing at 1 o'clock every day, along with the seminars and everything else we're doing. And so we're going to have Championship Friday, crown the winner, $100,000. Chris Jones from Major League Fishing is going to be our voice. And... uh, he makes it good. And if folks want to check this out, they can go to Mr. Crappie YouTube right now and look at all the past uh, world's largest crappie fries, the the weigh-ins, and all of this. Last year, we had 64,000 people watching the stream 
over three days watching the stream of the weigh-ins of that tournament. That's a great number and a great opportunity. Uh, electronics has changed so much, especially since we've got all this forward-facing. And uh, how is it... Um, fit into the crappie world? Are these uh, competitors that you're going to the have there? The anglers taught the bass fishermen how to use them. Uh, I've, I've kind yeah, of... I, crappie fishermen got a hold of that thing, man, and started showing folks how easy it was. People that couldn't even catch 10 crappie a day are now catching 50 crappie a day. Out in open water also where they're roaming and where they, they grow big. <laughs> you, can, you can chase them down. You can catch them on them brush piles. You can do all of that. Uh, it's it's amazing. Uh, I run the Hummingbird Mega Live, and when I can see a 32nd ounce jig at 35 feet, I'm good. That's that's pretty pretty and, crazy. And a crappie better get under a rock <laughs> because I'm going to find him and catch him, and and. Uh, but it has changed up the game. You know, there's more specialty. I have specialty rods designed strictly for doing the mega live, live scope, you know, uh, forward facing stuff. I've got rods from eight foot all the way up to 16 foot in length. Because when you're in murky stained water, you can just ease up on them with that long rod and just stick it right in front of their face. There you go. You don't have to, you don't have to cast to them, you know. Right, right. Are are the competitors allowed to use both uh, artificial and live bait? No live bait. No live bait. Mr. Crappie Invitational is no live bait, but you can use multiple rods if you want to troll. Trolling is allowed. They can use up four rods per angler, so that's eight rods to the boat. But they can only use one bait on the line at one time. Okay, one bait, yeah. And that's... Uh, what were the? How many fish are they fishing for? For those that haven't seen one of these events, uh, let, well, the, they, it's seven crappie a day, and total weight of three days. We start out with a hundred teams, and after the first day, we cut the field in half. Hmm. So we go out with fifty boats the second day, and then we do twenty-five on Championship Friday uh, this year, and. The first two weigh-ins will be at the uh, Table Rock State Park Marina. And then Championship Friday, it's going to be right there on the main stage inside the convention center. And that's when it really gets fun because we're pulling off on a concert and then the guys are coming in to do the weigh-ins. It gets really exciting uh, there at the expo for the next several hours. It doesn't sound like there's a whole lot of free time. They, the people would stay very active uh, attending and walking and looking at all the the, uh, the booths and the vendors and, and uh, all of that. Is this a winner-take-all tournament, or is there pr prize money that's no, paid down? No, it pays. The, if you make it to Sunday, you get a check. Okay, okay. And if you make it to Sunday, you get you get paid off. And how about first place? What is the prize for that? The grand prize? One hundred thousand dollars. Hundred thousand dollars to go catch some, basically twenty one crappie. That'd take you off of hamburgers and put you on stage right there. Well, if you're that good, then you'll be eating crappie a lot more often, wouldn't you be? <laughs> 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 that I. <Yeah. laughs> 
<laughs> if you can catch catch them and win the hundred, you're yeah, you have no problem having crappies for two crappie for Taco Tuesdays and a crappie fry on Friday, and yeah, you're you're pretty well set. Uh, what, oh what? yeah, and and uh, we we have some great title sponsors this year. We got Ford Motor Company, Loose, Dry King, Vancota, Hummingbird, Tonic Eyewear, and Bullet Weights are title sponsors of the Crappie Expo this year. And those are some amazing companies. And we have we have boat companies. We've got Vexus, we've got Express, uh, we've got uh Bass Cat. Uh we got all the majors, you know, yeah uh, in the crappie world also and and then we got all the uh electronics companies, you know, Hummingbird and we got Garmin there it's 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 amazing uh, what people can see, learn, listen, check it out, and be able to put your hands on it. You know, a lot of people today have to order. They live so far from all the big box stores or whatever, and they're looking for a certain item. I mean, you have all the major rod companies there. Of course, Lou's will be there with my stuff. And uh, all the other players will be there. And uh, it's going to be exciting. I know that. Absolutely. So October 20th through the 22nd, Branson, Missouri. Uh, what was the, the website if they want to check out the information? It's crappieexpo.com. But if they're looking for a place to stay, have them go to Explore. Branson.com. Explorebranson.com if you want to find yourself a hotel and uh, and come down there and enjoy and this wonderful. there's one a thing. Hilton right there that's connected to the convention center, mm. and uh, that's available, and there's all kinds of hotels right down there off of Lake Tenicomo down there on the main drag uh, that's walking distance to the Crappie Expo. Excellent. And if people have RVs, there's an RV park not a quarter of a mile from the expo. All great opportunities to come down there and be there, and I appreciate uh, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie, uh, being on the We Fish ASA podcast and giving information about a wonderful opportunity for people to uh, learn more about crappie, eat crappie, and watch some of the best guys, the best guys in the world. Here's one last thing I want to leave you. Yep. We're giving away $10,000 cash to one lucky person on Friday and Saturday. There? Yep. We roll the 10 over to Saturday, and one lucky person will win $20,000. Wow. That's an opportunity that you can't miss. Oh, yay. It's like... Taking candy from a baby, but not quite as dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> you are right. Thank you for your time, and uh, uh, looking forward to your great event. And uh, as always, we'll we'll have you back on the We Fish ASA podcast. Excellent. Check it out. Thank you, Wally Marshall, Mr. Crappie. I am Dave Cran. Steve Seiler's remote, and this segment was brought to you by Calcutta, an outdoor company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. The We Fish ASA podcast will be right back. The outdoors is more than just a profession for us here at Big Rock Sports. As avid anglers, hunters, and outdoor enthusiasts, it's our passion. So advocating on behalf of the outdoor sporting goods industry is a top priority for us. Big Rock Sports is proud to serve as the voice and advocate 
of outdoor sporting goods retailers across the nation. Big Rock Sports works tirelessly to protect our fisheries and anglers' rights. Big Rock Sports, we are here for you. Calcutta, we're an outdoor coastal trading company that builds gear and apparel for those with a passion for the outdoors. Born in the back of a Florida bait and tackle shop, Calcutta was created with a rebellious spirit and a goal to offer hardworking outdoor products at a reasonable price. Calcutta builds the products that fit your lifestyle. We're on a mission to help you reclaim your free time and to declare mutiny on the mundane. Depend on Calcutta gear and apparel. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. I'm Steve Sarley. My partner Dave Kranz is not here. Uh, this COVID will get over someday and we'll be all back to doing it the way we used to do it, hopefully. But happy to be here with a very, very special guest. We've had him on before, one of my favorite guys in the business. A great fisherman, truly, truly a nice guy. He is Brandon Paul. Like, hey, Brandon, how are you? Doing good. How are you, Steve? I'm doing good. Hey, man, Angler of the Year, second time. Pretty gosh darn impressive. It is. Uh, puts us in a group of uh, all my heroes, which is the pretty cool thing. You know, all the guys that I looked up to growing up as a kid and still look up to are guys that are in that group that have won it multiple times. You, sir, are a class act on the water, off the water. I, I, I don't think I could do anything to get you to say a bad word about anybody, anything, the sport of fishing. You're just Mr. Positive. So so I'll I'll start this out, and I'll tell you, Bassmaster and Angler of the Year, it's a great trophy. It's a great award. Where's the cash, man? <laughs> well, there is there is cash. Uh, it pays a hundred grand to win. Yeah, Progressive stepped up this year, and um, they added a bunch of money into our Angler of the Year payout. So it paid out down through the field, and first place got a hundred. Oh, you got a excellent man. That's wonderful. Did did you get paid yeah. on your first AOI? I did. Yep. Uh, we had Toyota was sponsoring it at that time. Um, and it, it paid exactly the same then. Oh, that's excellent. Good for you. You know, because uh, I, I, I hate to be confused. I hate to be uh, uh, speaking wrongly, but I remember last year at the uh, uh, the other brand, Major League Fishing, the Red Crest, uh, uh, Wheeler won it, and they brought him up on stage and gave him a check, and then they brought the last two guys up, I believe it was Jordan Lee and uh, Edwin Evers, and gave them a check because they had never been paid for AOY on Major League Fishing. So, congratulations to you guys, hundred grand, man. That's that's you know what that's worth putting a boat in the water for, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> that's that's not why we do it, but it definitely gives you a little bit of extra motivation when it's coming down to the end of the season. You start looking at all those zeros, thinking those look pretty nice. Money aside, trophy aside, I, I've said this. 
constantly. That is, I think Angler of the Year is the prize. It just shows so much. Uh, there's an awful lot of guys in this business who have won a tournament. You know, uh, won, uh, you know, yeah. won an individual tournament. A Angler of the Year is not a tournament. Angler of the Year is being good every time out. You have two bad finishes, you're, you're out for sure. One bad finish can sink you. But you have got to be good every time. Now, it's every different kind of water, every different kind of weather, every different kind of competition. What do you think about when you think about Angler of the Year and what you've gone through to do this twice now? Uh, I mean, it's, it's everything and more that you just mentioned. Um, you know, I think I've been fortunate enough to win elite events. Um, you know, but those are awarded to the guy that caught them the best that week. You know, you're talking three days of practice, four days of a tournament. Angler of the Year is uh, the culmination of nine weeks. You know, it's the culmination of all of those elite events. And the, the big thing with that is that sometimes that's decided by one fish, right? One fish it's what makes the difference over that nine weeks. And, uh, you know, there's, there's several ones that I can look at through the course of the season and say, yep, I, that fish got me 16 more points or that fish got me 16 more points. And, and that's the margin that I won by. I won by 16 points this time. And I won by 14 last time. That's <laughs> not very many points. No, over the course of nine weeks. Not at all. Not not at all. It, it it is amazing. I read articles after you after you won this one and said it was a, a one and a quarter pound fish was was that uh, got you the trophy, got you the check. Uh, I don't think it's it's fair to point at one fish, do you? And if so, uh, what was the fish that did it for you this year? Well, there there's not just one fish. Uh, you know, kind of the way that. I've talked to people about is that, you know, in basketball, if there's a half court shot at the end of the game and it wins, that's the game winning shot. Right. Right. But, but if all the points, if there's no points scored before that, that game winning shot doesn't matter. You know, you have to have all of the points. You have to have all of the fish leading up to those final days to even have a shot. And so there's not one single fish that made the difference but what i can tell you is that there are several instances over the course of the year where i made a decision at you know some point or time that resulted in a fish that did add 16 places to that tournament mm -hmm. yeah, but but that that happened multiple times so there wasn't just one specific fish that won it for me the one that they talk about in the articles just happened to be my limit fish that qualified me for the third day at the mississippi river and without that i wouldn't have won aoy yeah like i had to catch that bass to have a shot and then i had to perform on day three makes sense to me makes sense to me uh, when, when things don't go your way, and I'm going to have to ask you to really dig deep because it almost always goes your way, Brandon Polnick. When it doesn't go your way, are you able to uh, shake it off, forget it, and move forward, or, or does it hang with you for a while? I'm usually pretty good at shaking it off. 
the sport that we play is probably one of the most losing, like the highest odds of losing out of anything, right? Like it's the losingest sport there is because it doesn't matter who you are. Um, even Van Dam has won more elite events, classics, AOIs, you know, he's won everything as the highest margin of, uh, you know, like winning amount of money out of anybody. Uh-huh. He's still lost more than he's won. Sure. So in this game, you have to have short term memory. And that's whether you win or you lose, because as soon as you start the next tournament, everyone's back at zero. And you have to be able to, you know, forget those losses and just move on and know that you can make up for it the next week. Makes a lot of sense to me. Very, very well explained. Uh, it's, it's funny. I read a, I read a quote to Dave Mercer, uh, the uh, Bassmaster announcer, well, well-liked Bassmaster announcer, uh, said that Brandon Polnick's a drama queen. What the heck is he talking about? <laughs> uh, well, I don't like drama, but it sure likes to follow me around in fishing tournaments. I don't, I mean, I steer clear of all the drama that I can, but I've found myself in situations where there's drama created, whether it's me forgetting to coal and making a class with six fish, yeah. Or whether I cold on the wrong side of the state line like I did at the Mississippi River, which I'm okay with. They changed that law now. I had a small part in that, <laughs> of getting that pushed through. And uh, and then like this week, you know, it, um, I don't look at the points at all throughout the season, so I have no idea what the point gaps were. But everybody kind of gave me a play-by-play of how the season went after it was all said and done. And, Knowing what I know now, I had a giant lead at Hawaii, and then I struggled there and pretty much just left the door wide open for everyone else and had to really catch them at Mississippi River, once again, creating more drama than I needed. Unbelievable. You know, uh, you actually dropped the word a couple of minutes ago, and, and it made me look up. You, you said classic. Uh, when you were talking about Van Dam, and, and I'm looking at Classic and saying, I think it's inevitable that a Classic trophy is going to be on Brandon Polnick's mantle in the future. What do you think? I'll get one before it's all said and done. I don't know when it'll come, but I will get one. I came close. I like getting close. Are you serious? Man, what you you had a second at Lake Fork one year. You finished third at Santee Cooper. If you weren't the kind of guy who could walk away from stuff, that could haunt you for the rest of your life. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We've been. I've I've had several top fives. I've had a second in the classic. I mean, there. I've been right there, but just not been able to close the door yet. You like the way this is setting up for twenty twenty three, where the event is going to be. Yeah, it's a place I'm somewhat familiar with. Um, you know that it's got some curveballs in it, but it's a big body of water. It usually spreads out pretty well. Uh, I like that, uh, and it, so that gives you opportunity to, you know, find things a little bit off the beaten path. So I'm really looking forward to it. Well, if it's not Florida, you'll be fine, right? <laughs> yeah, I got Florida this year, but 
We'll see about next year. Yeah, you gotta gotta uh, gotta keep that up and and keep that consistent. I, I definitely I definitely think that uh, uh, a classic victory for Brandon Pollock is something that is going to happen. And uh, you know I don't want to put any extra pressure or jinx you at all, but it, it's. I would feel worse saying, I think you've got that third angler of the year coming to you, too, because that is so hard to predict. There's so many variables there. Uh, it, it just it just amazes me. I'd love to see you win a third one, but, you know, I definitely want to see that classic happen. Yeah, well, maybe we can make both happen next year. Hey. That, we'll be fishing for both, so we'll have an opportunity. That would be something. This was a very special year for you. Uh, well, every, every year is a special year for me, but you, you happen to uh, uh, be almost uh, close to missing the birth of your daughter because you were on the water, but things worked out in that regard, too. Yeah, that, that was a stressful week. Um, first daughter being, well, she was due the Monday practice at Pickwick and ended up holding out throughout the entire event. Uh, and was born uh, the the next day. She was born Monday after the event. So she made it a week late, and I was able to catch them really well that week. Made all four days, fished on the championship Sunday, and hit the road and pretty much drove straight home all the way to the hospital. Excellent. Congr congratulations uh, on the birth of your daughter, Cora Marie. It's, it's a wonderful thing. And... Tiffany Polnick. Uh, she's been a, a, a very good supporter of yours and, 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 a, and a big fan, and I think she's growing into a good partner for the Brandon Polnick business end of things. Uh, and it certainly seems like she's very popular on the tour. She's making, she's making a lot of friends among the, uh, uh, the wife coalition, and, and I think that makes the fishing a lot easier when, when life goes well. Oh, it does, 100%. She's been traveling full-time with me for eight years now. Um, or almost nine years now, I guess. Yeah, eight years. So it's been, and it's funny, we were actually, right before we hopped on here with you, we were looking at a graph chart of, like, where my AOI finishes were from the start of my career to the end. And there's a huge jump when she started traveling with me to where the worst AOI finish I've had since she started traveling has been 17th. No kidding. Yep. Wow, that that's incredible. Very, very good. Very impressive. Very impressive. I've known you for a long time, and I've known you when you started dating her, for Pete's sake. So uh, let's take a quick break. I'd like to let uh, our sponsors have a word. I want to ask you a couple questions about your sponsors. When we come back with Angler of the Year... Brandon Pollock, I'm Steve Surley. This is We Fish ASA. We will be right back. You know, when I look at the tournaments I've won, probably four or five of the boats that I've won have been on a tube. But I completely gotten away from flipping a tube because nobody, nobody made one soft enough. Big Bite has come with this new tour series of baits. The thing that's probably the most unique is when you look at that bait, the salt just rolls out of it. And to me, that is the reason a fish bites a tube and hangs on to it. This isn't one of those, let's go out and catch some smallmouth tube. This is a let's get it done tube. Bass anglers have heard it all when it comes to manufacturers having the best casting reel. Well, Daiwa can back it up with the Tatula SV. The Tatula SV has three key features that make it the most versatile casting reel on the market today. 
The SV spool is a lightweight aluminum spool allowing for long control light lure casting. MAG4Z gives you the option to set a precise casting range no matter what lure or wind situation. The Daiwa T-Wing system reduces line angle and friction when casting. Distance, control, and finesse like no other reel on the market. Petula, the ultimate finesse long cast system designed by Daiwa. The St. Croix story has evolved over 70 years. With gritty determination, St. Croix built the most advanced fishing rod facility in the world. And with it, a world-class brand that has earned the respect and admiration of anglers around the planet. We will continue to challenge ourselves, our employees, and our partners to be the best every day. We're proud to celebrate 70 years of passion and commitment to making the best rods on earth. St. Croix. Welcome back to We Fish ASA. Don't forget, we are the best on fishing show on the radio or the internet in the entire USA. And we are brought to you by the proud industry members of the American Sport Fishing Association. You're still a young fella. You're in your early 30s. Uh, reading a bunch of articles uh, when you started out, a lot of people were crediting you and your success for your ability to read the electronics better than a lot of guys do. Is that true? Uh, I don't know if I could say that I read them better than all the guys, but it was definitely something that I grasped onto. And a lot of that was just timing, right? That I was a younger guy that was more familiar with technology and electronics at the same time that our technology and electronics, like Humminbird, was elevating that game, right? I mean, the amount of technology that's advanced from 12 years ago when I started is night and day difference. And I think being the age that I was coming into the sport, I just hit that at the perfect time, right? Where there's the kind of the sync between my growth as an angler and the growth of the technology. So I was able to grasp it early on. I didn't have a lot of, you know, ways that I was set in to say like, oh, I've been doing this for years. I'm not going to mess with any of that technology. I, I was taking all of it in that I could. Do you spend a lot of time keeping up with the changes and the upgrades? Oh, yeah. Every time there's a new update, I update my graphs and trolling motors and all that and transducers and, um, you know, constantly tweaking with things and messing with them to get the best images possible. And, uh, you know, to the point of where now I'm rigging my own boat completely. Uh, and, you know, I, I get it with a hole and a motor attached and that's it. <laughs> and then I mount everything else and rig it myself. Excellent. Excellent. Whose electronics do you have on your boat? Uh, so I run five Humminbird Solix 12. So okay. they're all the exact same graph. They're all interchangeable. Everything's on the one boat network. And uh, to me, that's just, that's the most flawless system that I can run. Excellent. Excellent. And, and uh, I, I think that's wonderful. It's, 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 it's crazy. It's craziness to me, all this electronics today. And I, I see guys that are running three different brands on their boat. 
because uh, they're trying to come up with the best picture and they don't like what one of them does, so they use the other one for a certain situation. And, and, and that's got to be doubly confusing to me to think about. It is, is, yeah, go it ahead. adds a lot more. It adds a lot more to it because then your brain has to think about, okay, like, you know, how do I run this menu system? Then how do I run this menu system? Um, and if something was to go wrong with one of those units, you can't swap another unit with it right. to get it to work. Right. Where I, I have essentially four spares. Like if I have one that I'm really using, like say I'm using my Mega 360 like I was at Lake Fork this year, and I'm really keyed in on that, and that unit, I smash it with a crankbait or something happens to it, uh, I've got four other ones that I can grab, plug it in, and it's ready to rock and roll. Yeah, very, very good. Good answer. Very, very good answer. Uh, it, it it is certainly interesting, and it's got to be it's got to be confusing and stifling at times, and and hard hard to keep up. But but you you've done it so well. Uh, I got to got to give you got to give you credit for that and how you've stayed on top of this stuff. It's it's very very good. Um, talk about uh, talking about electronics again. With the advent of this new forward-facing sonar and everything, you get a lot of people out there, especially on social media, complaining that the new generation of sonar makes it too easy to catch fish. Now, I, I've fished all my life, and I will never, ever be able to say I've had a day, not a year, a career, not a day where it was too easy to catch fish. Do you think that's an unfair thing for people to say? Yeah, that's that's not true. I mean, it, I would bet that most of the people that are saying that have not used that technology for more than a year. Or some have probably never used it at all. Uh, because I know from personal experience, just because you see them does not mean that you can catch them. If they don't want to bite, they don't bite. Now, there's certain there's several instances where it does give you an advantage and definitely allows you to target fish more efficiently than we could before in certain situations. But I can promise you there are lots of times that I have been staring at bass and they just won't bite. That makes that makes sense, and, and not, nothing you can do about it. And, and you need the skills. I was talking to somebody from uh, Lawrence a week or two ago, and he was saying, you know, you watch all this stuff on on, uh, on YouTube and that, and and it looks great. You know, say, hey, look at that. There's a big one right there. I'm gonna. He's, if you are not an excellent fisherman with great casting skills and the ability to put a bait exactly where it needs to be put doesn't make a difference what you're looking at. You're not going to catch nothing. Yeah, exactly. And that, you have to have the basics, right? You have to have a good set of fundamental basics and understanding of the bass. And, you know, everyone wants to talk about this forward-facing sonar and if we should ban it and all this and that. But nobody's talking about, like, Lake Master charts and topo maps because... If you, I think that's the biggest advancement in technology that we've ever had is the accuracy of the topo maps that we have, like Lake Master, where uh -huh. you can dial it in to exactly what you're looking for, see the depth highlights, 
because if you didn't have that, what are you going to do? Drop your trolling motor and just go scan? Like on Oahe, it's 350,000 acres. Mm. He's going to drop your trolling motor mm. and go scan around for 350,000 acres. <laughs> like you, you need to know where to actually apply the technology. Good, good answer. Uh, so there's, there's so much more to it than just, you know, people think, oh, you got forward facing sonar, you just drop your trolling motor and go catch bass. Good. That's and that's not the case. Good answer, and and I I agree, I agree with that. I think that uh, uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of marketing involved in these things, but there's there's so much more to it than just going out and having the the wherewithal to write a check for a piece of equipment. All of a sudden, boom, you're an elite angler. It doesn't doesn't happen that way. It just doesn't happen. There's way way more to it. Uh, it it's a it's a difficult sport. It's 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 hard to master and. Uh, there aren't a lot of Brandon Pollocks around, man. You, you know, you're from uh, you're from Idaho. I've always said you're the best bass fisherman in the state of Idaho because I think you're the only one. But you've corrected me on that before in the past. Uh, you're going to stay in Idaho the rest of your life? Probably. Uh, I just I love it here so much, and during the off season, I love elk hunting and you know backpacking and doing different things here and. Uh, I love the bodies of water here. I love fishing for different species. I love catching bass here. I mean, it's just all my family's here, you know, for the most part within a few hours. So it'd be really tough to leave here. You know, it's the well, drives can be difficult sometimes. That's where I'm going. Other, other than your family being within a few hours, that's about it. There is nothing within a few hours of you other than your family. Does does that does that make you crazy? What is this commuting like for you? When, how often do you make it home? Um, I don't go home very often, but Tiff and our daughter travel full time. In our, you know, we've got a forty three foot fifth wheel. Nice. It's a big grand design momentum, so that gives us some consistency on the road, and that's kind of our home away from home. All right, uh, but we actually spend more time in than our actual house. Well, I think that, I think that's, I think that's wonderful. Uh, th this traveling has got to be, uh, uh, got to, got to be a burden on everybody. Nobody likes to complain or talk about any problems, but I, I, I would think if you had a whole bunch of the anglers out and had a, had a beer one night, that'd be the subject that comes up is how much you dislike the traveling, but you know what? It, it, it's, it's part of, it's part of the game and it, it, it's something you have to deal with. When when you were when you were growing up, you know you were you've been involved in fishing forever. You were uh, a youth uh, a fisher a fisherman in the educational programs and all that. But back when you were young, did, did you watch the TV shows, the fishing shows on TV? I did. Uh, I watched. I mean, every Bassmaster TV show that was on. Uh, you know, and I'd watch some of the other. You know, more like entertainment, educational ones uh -huh. as well. Uh, and I mean, I read magazines, everything, because there wasn't YouTube. I mean, I was even before the internet age, <laughs> really, which is crazy to think, but uh, I'm not that old and the internet's even younger than I am. So that was really the only way that you had education. Fair enough. You know, they always say that. Uh uh, policemen don't watch cop shows, lawyers don't watch lawyer shows, doctors don't like medical shows. 
if you're sitting at home and you're flicking channels and all of a sudden you come across a Bill Dance or a Jimmy Houston, you're going to stay on that or you uh, maybe I've had enough fishing? Uh, I'll watch them for a little bit to see if they're, like, what they're fishing for, you know, and, like, what it's like. But I don't sit down scrolling looking for fishing shows. I Really, I just don't watch that much TV. I'm okay. usually outside doing something. Fair enough. Well, you know what? I think that uh, I think that maybe uh, uh, Cora Marie takes up a lot of your time right now. That's a life changing experience. Uh, it'll it'll oh, yeah. it'll never be the same, and I'm sure you're all the better man for it. Hundred percent agree. I agree. You're you're a great guy. You know what? Uh, before COVID, you had done a number of uh, uh, appearances in Chicago at our big outdoor show in the winter. Uh, you're a you're a Chicagoland area favorite. They come from all over to hear Brandon Paul next speak. You coming back again? Uh, I do believe I've got it marked down in my calendar, so we'll see. Nothing has been made official yet, but I've got a few shows already marked in the calendar as uh, just in case. The Chicagoland shows one of those ones that as soon as I get the dates, I just put it in my calendar, and then you know, we figure out whether or not I'm actually going to be there for sure. Well, I'm looking for that. I, I hope it happens. I hope there's no hiccups with this gosh darn COVID stuff again and we can pull this off because I'll definitely be there to see you and uh, hopefully we can get together and, and have a beverage or something and, and chat if you're in Chicago. I would look forward to that. Yeah, I look forward to it as well. Brandon Pollock, Angler of the Year, Bassmaster. Man, this guy is good. When you're naming the top fisherman in the business, he is right on the tip of everybody's tongue. He does it all. He's a great guy. He's got a wonderful family. Please keep up the good work, and uh, we'll follow you next year. Bassmaster Classic and Angler of the Year again. That's the target, right? Yeah, that's right. I appreciate you having me on. Always. Thanks, Brandon Paulnick. Take care of yourself. All right. We'll see you. Bye. That wraps up this week's edition of the We Fish ASA podcast, the best darn fishing show on the radio or the Internet in the entire USA. I'd like to thank today's guest, Dan Johnston from St. Croix. Wally Marshall. Hey, nobody knows crappies better than Wally Marshall. And nobody knows bass any better than Brandon Polnick. What a great guy he is. Definitely look forward to following him next year again. Kid just keeps getting better and better. I'd like to thank our sponsors, St. Croix, the best rods on earth, Calcutta, makers of a line of products that fit your fishing lifestyle and passion, and Daiwa. We've got your bass covered. They do. Daiwa Reels. Remember that We Fish ASA presents a new episode of our podcast every week. Check it out everywhere you get your podcast, and don't forget to check out our website, wefishasa.com. I'm Steve Surley. My partner is Dave Kranz. We'll see you next week now. Let's go fishing. I'm professional angler Kevin Van Dam, and people always ask me, what's the best and easiest way to catch fish? Well, that's simple. Keep our waterways clean and free of litter. You know, tossing your worn out lures in the lake is not a winning move. Pitch them in the trash. Do your part and join me. Visit KeepAmericaFishing.org and pledge to pitch it.